Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be around the family of faith. It's good to see the people of God. You can bring me down just a little bit, JC. Amen. It's nice to be in the house of faith on this Palm Sunday 2023. Come on, somebody. What, what a marvelous thing it is to be in the house of the Lord, to be encouraged in God, to be, to be thinking about the Lord. You know, you know, 2,023 years ago, people laid them palm branches in the streets of Jerusalem to welcome in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we know seven days later, they crucified the same person they heralded. Come on, somebody. We know how fickle people are. Come on, somebody. But how amazing it is today to be celebrating the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We are, we are thinking about Him as we are approaching these next seven days and even into Good Friday and then into next Sunday. We have an awesome day next Sunday. Next, next Sunday is going to be an awesome day in the Lord. What a marvelous thing it is to celebrate the resurrection. Do you know next Sunday we are going to be celebrating not the resurrection, watch this, but the why of resurrection. And this is what the Spirit of the Lord wants you to know. Why was Jesus crucified? And of course, you know, most of us qualify that in terms of sins and being forgiven of sins. But I'm actually going to teach you what the Bible teaches about his crucifixion and why Jesus rose up. And you're going to learn a little bit, even a little bit of that today as we are continuing in our series called Inspired. I want you to be inspired in the Lord. Somebody say amen to that. I don't want your life, your Christian life, to be just something that you're tinkering around with and trying to exhort yourself to do. I want you to operate in the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be talking about that in this series called Inspired. Today we're getting into a, a, a piece that all moves along the line of how we're going to celebrate Resurrection Morning. In fact, next Sunday, we're going to celebrate Resurrection as they did in that day, as the very first Sunday in Christendom. I'm going to show you what Jesus did on the first Sunday in Christianity. We're going to learn that next Sunday, so that's going to be awesome. But we're moving towards that way today in a message entitled, The Guide, right? The Guide of the Spirit. So how many know you've got a guide? There's a guide in the Holy Ghost and I'm going to teach you how to be led of the Spirit of God. Do you know that the requirement for Christianity is to be led of the Spirit? How many know you should be led of the Spirit? And we're going to talk about that today. So let's do this. Stand to your feet as we get into the Word of the Lord. I want you to open your Bibles to Galatians 3. I'm going to read 14 verses, but I'm really only trying to get to those last three scriptures. But I want you to see it in context. Because if you don't see this in context, you won't believe what you're reading. And then when we get done, I want you to take your Bible ribbon and I want you to put it in Romans chapter 7. Because here in a minute, I'm going to go back to Romans 7 and I'm going to teach you what Paul said in Romans 7 to help you understand just how marvelous it is to be led of the Spirit, right? We've got a guide. In fact, could, could I say this today? We have living proof. Somebody say living proof. There is living proof of my Christianity, and it lives inside of me. I'm going to talk about that living proof in this message today, and I, I pray that you take some time today. If you, can I encourage you to hear this message again? Uh, uh, you're going to hear it once. Can I encourage you this week to hear it twice, uh, maybe three times, to really let this message settle into you? Because this message, I'm going to say this. If I was to die today, this would be the message I'd preach to you right now. 
If the Lord were to take me home, if I preach this message, I delivered to you the gospel. I, I gave it to you. And so I, w- I could go home and say, Father, he'd say, job well done. And, you know, you, you, you taught and delivered the word of the Lord to the people of God. This is a marvelous passage in Galatians 3. This is a summation, right? Uh, uh, there was a couple other chapters I could have used, and I'm going to read quite a few verses today. But this is going to help you understand all that Paul taught in the book of Romans, right? And I just want you to read this. And, and, and I've, I've actually taught this before, but it's been some time since I've gotten into Galatians 3. But I just think now is the time uh, for you to hear it as we are talking in this series, the inspired series, as we're talking about the living proof, the guide of the Holy Ghost. So if you're in Galatians chapter 3, I'm namely trying to get down here to the last maybe three, four verses uh, here, maybe starting here uh, at verse 10 or so, but I w- I'm going to read the entirety of the chapter, oh, at least to verse 14. So if you have your Bibles, I am reading from the King James Version of my Bible. This is Galatians chapter 3, beginning here at verse 1. It says this, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, watch this, that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently sent forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, watch this, receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Oh, that's a question. Uh, this only would I learn of you. Uh, Paul said, if, if you only understood this, if you could comprehend it, he says, receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, here we go, that they which are of faith, and I'm going to teach that here in just a minute, the same are the children of Abraham. If you're of faith, you are a child of Abraham. Oh, I love that. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Now, if you have a highlighter, I want you to highlight that. I, I want you to put that down. In fact, if, if you would do well to memorize that scripture, that God is justifying the heathen through faith. Through faith, God is justifying the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Ah, that's marvelous. Now here's the text I wanted, these four verses, and this is kind of the bulk of what I came to talk to you about, but listen to this. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. And if you want to know more about that curse, you can read it, Deuteronomy 27, 12 curses for not obeying the law. But watch this. 
but that no man is justified, catch this, by the law on the side of God. Did you hear that? If you're here today and you think you're going to keep the Ten Commandments, and by keeping those Ten Commandments, you're going to find justification with God, you are wrong. No man is justified by the keeping of the law. Did y'all hear that? I'm, I'm going to talk to you today. This is going to get serious. And I pray that you just let the word fall on you as it should. Paul is teaching you this, that no man is justified by the law on the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now watch this. So, so why was Jesus cursed? Why, why did he hang on that tree? Why was Jesus crucified? Listen to what the Bible teaches. Listen to Paul. That the blessing. Uh, let me read it. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, semicolon, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Y'all see that? Y'all got to lay hold of that. We're going to get down with that. We're going to get into some stuff today. You're going to be blessed and ministered to by the word of the Lord. Are you ready? Come on, let's, let's pray together. Let's get our mind collected and, 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 and moved in the spirit of God. Come on, pray with me, pray with me. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for, for the opportunity that we have in the spirit of God to come to hear your word. Father, I know, I know, Father, that you're going to move over these words and you're going to move over them through your spirit. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, Stir these words in us, impress them upon our minds and our hearts. Let them get down into the deep recesses of our heart, that they might yield back into the kingdom of heaven a fruit, not 30, not 60, but a hundred times that which was sown. Let this word impact our family and our church and our people. And those that hear it either today or by stream or later this week, let this word, let, let, let everything that is said be evident in the minds of the people that hear it. Let, let, let it groom their mind in new attitudes and new ways and new purposes for the kingdom. And we pray that today. We, we pray you stir it. Holy Ghost, we need your guidance. We need that living proof in us. We need to know that you're leading us. We need to know what it is to walk in you. And so we pray that today. We purpose in that today. And we pray that today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, before you see to go find somebody and just give them a hug and say, I've got living proof. I've got living proof. Go hug somebody and let them know. Say, I've got living proof. Ah, I've got living proof. Hallelujah. I've got living proof. Yes, sir. I've got living proof. That's awesome. That's amazing. I've got living proof. I've got living proof inside of me. How marvelous, how marvelous. Again, get ready for next Sunday. We, if, if, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, get ready. Next Sunday, there's going to be an outpouring of the Spirit of God at Harvest Point Church. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, 
There's going to be an outpouring next Sunday. Amen. I encourage you to be part of that. It's going to be a powerful service. Powerful, powerful service. Amen. God is awesome. God is awesome. God is awesome. How marvelous. How marvelous. God is good. God is good. What a beautiful day. Today I'm going to test your faith. (laughs) So just get ready for it. We're going to put your faith to the test. We're going to see if you really do profess the name of the Lord. So just get ready. I I, I, I pray, like I said, I I, I pray the church live inspired, right, an inspired life in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to teach you today how to walk in the Spirit. That's so important that you know how to walk in the Spirit. Somebody say amen to that. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to walk in the Spirit, baby. You you better not be walking in no flesh. You got to walk in the Spirit, right? You got to walk in the Spirit. So we're going to get down with some stuff today. I pray that your, your hearts and minds are ready to hear the word of the Lord. Just tune everything out. Whatever's going on around you, whatever's going on this afternoon, tune it out. Trust me, what I'm about to share with you, this is the kingdom of God. This is, this is the power of God made evident in us through the Holy Ghost. Amen. Ah. Right, let me start here. Let, let me start with the verse you're familiar with. This is what the Bible says. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Ah, somebody say hallelujah. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, right? It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. Watch this. In righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Uh, You know what's always caught my attention there is the word righteousness, the way we should be living. Do you know that your faith determines how you live, or at least it should? What good is it to profess that that you believe or have faith in Christ if you don't walk according to his commandments? Jesus says, he that loves me, the person that loves me is he that obeys my commandments. Ah, how marvelous. It it, it strikes me so that we profess the name of the Lord, and yet we really don't know what does Jesus want us to do? What is functionally the purpose of your Christianity if you don't know what Jesus teaches or what he wants for you to do? Thank God that the Holy Spirit is, will help you to remember everything that Jesus said. How many of you be thankful for that? Jesus reminds you what Jesus said, because we need that reminder. What I find uniquely odd in the church is that very few people understand what it is that Jesus wants you to do. Someone teach it to you. You ready for this? I'm, I'm going to put your faith to the test, right? This is how faith is expressed, how, how we live our lives. Do you know that, the, that Paul says, and therein is the righteousness revealed, watch this, from faith to faith. For the just shall live by faith. That's a, a quote, as it is written, uh, uh, the just shall live by faith is a quote from Habakkuk chapter 2. I want you to know what it is that God wants you to do. It's odd that when I teach this, people are thinking, well, what, what is it? What does God want me to do? It's evident that if we don't know what God wants us to do, watch this, you cannot be led in the Spirit. 
And anybody that says, preacher, I've never been led of the Spirit, it's proof that if you've never been led in the Spirit, it's primarily due to the fact that you don't know what Jesus wants you to do. Because if you knew what he wanted you to do, you'd go out and do it. Somebody say amen to that. I would suppose that if you knew what Jesus wanted you to do, you'd go out and do it. Somebody say hallelujah. So I'm going to teach you what Jesus wants you to do so that today when you leave here, you'll go out and do it. Right? But for, for James taught, what good is faith if it doesn't have works? Are y'all ready? I'm going to teach it to you in steps. Because sometimes things like this, you've got to teach it in steps. Right? St. Matthew 22, a, a, an attorney came to the Lord, tempting him, asking him this. Master, Rabbi, what is the greatest commandment? It sounds superficial at first, but it's really deep theologically because he's asking Jesus to pull from the law one law that stands above the rest. And anybody that knows the law, it's the law in ten parts. If you violate one, you violate them all. So Jesus actually teaches them what the law means, what it's supposed to mean. When Jesus teaches this, this is what he says. Watch this. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind. And the second is likened unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commands hang the entire law and the prophets. I've taught years in this church that the thing that the Spirit of God is trying to do in me, the work of the Spirit of the Lord in me is this. Love the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love each other as yourself. That's what he's doing in me. Now watch. So, so in the 10th chapter of St. Luke, some of y'all know this because it's the only place it's recorded. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. Y'all remember that story, the story of the Good Samaritan. We remember this because another attorney came tempting the Lord by asking him, what must I do to inherit eternal life. It's the heaven question. How do I get to heaven? Jesus says this. What's written in the law? How readest thou? That, that's an important question because he wants to know how is he internalizing, how is he understanding what the Ten Commandments say. And, and notice uh, that, that this attorney is the only person in the whole of the Bible that actually understood what the commandments meant. This is what he said back to Jesus. Watch this. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind. And love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus, thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But the Bible says, but he, watch this, willing to justify himself, asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? You want to go a little deeper? I can take it deeper. You want to, anybody want to go deeper? Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount taught us what we call in the church the golden rule. It's the way that we live our life. It is the golden rule. I, let, let me teach it to you. Golden rule. In fact, why don't, why don't you put your eyes on it? St. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. You should know that by memory. Man, listen, brother and sister. If you're a Christian and you don't know St. Matthew 7, 12, uh, listen, I'm glad you came to church today because I want to point you to that verse and say put this in your memory brink and never forget this verse. This is what Jesus wants you to do. The kingdom of heaven is not just coming to church on Sunday. 
The kingdom of heaven is not just reading your Bible and living a life to yourself. The kingdom of heaven is doing. It's doing. Well, what do we do? Jesus said it right there, St. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. You see it? Everybody got your finger on it? If you got your Bible, look at it. If you got a digital Bible, open your Bible up on your digital Bible, on your phone. Get your Android out, your iPhone. Look at it. I just want you to put your eyes on the do. Because listen, if I can get you to do the do, I've done, my, I've, done my, I've done all my bidding for the Lord. The idea is that we understand what to do. And so Jesus says this. All things whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, do ye even unto them. For this is the law and the prophets. See, Jesus isn't saying, look, you got a problem with somebody, you stay on that side of the tracks, and he'll stay on that side of the tracks, and you maintain a bond of peace. No, this is what Jesus is saying. you got to go out and do to others what you want done to yourself. you got to go out and do. you got to go out and love. you got to go out to your neighbor. You've got to show that. L- listen, brother and sister, what good is it to say you believe in Jesus if you can't do the do? What good is belief, friends, if we say we believe in Jesus, but that belief doesn't translate in our homes or at our jobs or in our workplaces or in the street or at the grocery store? Belief is how we act, what we do. I believe in the teachings of Jesus. By faith, I believe in it, right? So faith just isn't moving mountains or telling trees to uproot themselves. Faith is loving Faith is showing love, and this is the work of the kingdom. Listen, brother and sister, you are charged with, with, with the duty of the kingdom of heaven to go out into a world to love it just the way God did. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Brother and sister, listen, we've got to do the do of the kingdom, and it's right there in front of you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is not telling you, you know, you stay over here, I stay over there. He's saying you, go out, you have to go out and do the very things you want done to yourself. Anybody need some money today? It's a great invitation to give it away. I've had a lot of people over the years that talk about being spiritually mature, and they'll say, Pastor, I went to church and nobody shook my hand. I said, well, brother and sister, listen, whose role is that? Listen, listen if you want your handshake, guess what? you got to start shaking hands. If you want friends, you got to start being friendly. If you need help, maybe you ought to start reaching out to other people besides yourself. Listen, the, the kingdom of heaven is very specific in the doing. This is faith. This is the life that we profess. This is what I call righteousness, right doing. Now, now, now here's what the Spirit came to tell me sent me to tell you this. You have to make a decision. Is your Christianity going to be about rules and do's and don'ts? Are you going to try, as many people in the church are trying to live by the law, or are you going to live by grace? Or are you going to live in the Spirit of God? Are you going to live by His leading and His prompting? You have to make that decision. I'm here to tell you, if you choose the law, you're choosing the curse because no man has ever lived up to the law. No man has ever lived the law. No man has ever lived the Ten Commandments. No man, no man, no man has ever lived by the commandments of God. Now, are they holy? They are holy. 
And they are perfect and they are just and they are right. But the, but the Ten Commandments is nothing but a mirror. It's like a diagnostic. Once you plug into the Ten Commandments, you find out how wrong you are. Try to go out and live by the Ten Commandments. You're going to find out immediately your flesh is going to be stirred up into sin. What if Paul said, I would have never known lust except for the Ten Commandments. And because I know the Ten Commandments, it stirred up sin in me. And sin became alive in me. And it revived in me. And it slew me. Right? I want you to understand, brothers, sisters, you have a choice. You can either live by the law or you can live by grace in the Holy Ghost. You can't have both. You can't just pick out a few of the Ten Commandments and then pick out a little bit of this. No, brothers, sisters, you either got to live by the law and be slain by it or live in the Holy Ghost and live by it. Somebody say Hallelujah. Now, now, I told you to put a Bible ribbon somewhere, right? I want you to go with me to Romans 7. It's been a lot to do about this conversation that Paul's had. And over the years, I've taught it on occasion, but the Spirit brought me back to it. I said, man of God, go back to your church. Teach, teach them this. Romans 7. I, I, I want you to lay eyes on this. Because there's, there are some things said in Romans 7 that you've got to hear. Uh, Paul, Paul being an expert on the law. How many of you know that Paul says concerning the law, blameless. As touching the law, he says a Pharisee. He understood the law. But he also understood what the law did to him. Let, let me say that one more time. Paul understood the law and he saw what the law did to him. The law killed him. And he's trying to give you, the, the Gentile, insight into the life of, of, the Judea, of, the, of Judaism, into what it is to be, to, to be brought up in this teaching. And he's trying to teach you this so that you don't err in that way. Uh, notice Romans 7. I present this for your inspection. So that you may not think I'm imbibing upon the word of the Lord, but that my exergete is pure and it's clean. Uh, notice Romans 7, verse 1. Paul says this, know ye not, brethren, now here's a parenthesis, and I want you to take that parenthesis and understand why he's giving you that, because he's giving context to what he's about to say. He's talking to those who know the law. Do you see that in your Bible? So important that you get that. He's not talking to you. He's talking to those that know the law. He wants you to see how terrible it is on the other side. For those of us that, you know, we glamorize the Ten Commandments, and I know they came by inspiration. How many know that the Ten Commandments came literally by the finger of God? The Bible says that Mount Sinai billowed with fire, and there was, uh, th th there was smoke and lightning, and, uh, and the hand of God, God literally descended, Shekinah glory, and with his very finger wrote the Ten Commandments. They are holy, and they are perfect, and in every way, shape, and form. But brother and sister, try to measure up to them. You're going to find out just how sinful you are. Stand in front of the mirror of the Ten Commandments and you see all sorts of glares and problems and issues in your life. And the second you try to do good in the Ten Commandments, you're going to find out there's no good in you to do them. And, and, and why is it that in the church we've never come to the realization of understanding there is nobody good? There was none righteous. What is he speaking about? The law. Nobody lived it. Not one. So, so he goes into this conversation. 
And, and I love this conversation because this is, he said, let me, let me just read it. No, you're not, brethren, for I speak to them. So now Paul is telling you specifically who he's speaking to. Did you catch that? It's in parentheses there, but you need to know it. So that when you read it, you won't misunderstand what Paul is talking about. He's talking about those men, those women who are trying to live by the law. As I believe a lot of you might be trying to do that. There's lots of people I talk to, they're trying to live by the law. They got a little bit of the commandments in them, and they think they're going to live. Listen, brothers and sisters, you can't live by a little bit of the commandments. You either live by the whole of them, or you get rid of them altogether. So let me just read this. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. And Paul gives the illustration of marriage. How many know, and this is going to, this is going to rub the culture wrong, right? How many know in the culture, in, 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 biblically speaking, there are but a few reasons why a man or a woman can leave their spouse? I'll give them to you. Everybody looks real interested now. <laughs> kinds of heads went up, yeah. This is what I want right here. Teach me, preach, preach, preach on. Save fornication. A person gets married and the other spouse disavows God and leaves as a result of your faith and death. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Marriage is serious with God. And as much as the culture tries to downplay how serious it is, it is a holy institution, older than the church itself. And you know why it's so holy? Because marriage is a sacrament. Uh, marriage is a wife being the church and a husband being Christ. And there is never a separation in that. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. And th this, this ma the matrimony in the sight of God is holy. And we've got to treat it as holy. Look at your neighbor and say, marriage is holy now. I know nowadays that people treat marriage like, like nothing. And really anybody can get married. I saw the other day there's a, there's a man lobbying. He wants to marry a tree. A tree, like a real tree, like a tree. It has leaves on it. And they showed him on the show. He was hugged. Did y'all see that guy? He, he's hugging the tree and he's kissing on it. And, and he was just caressing and making out on the bark of a tree saying that he fell in love with, uh, listen, brother and sister, listen, there's, there's only institution between a man and a woman. This is plainly taught in the scriptures. And you need to hear it at church. This is the teaching of the scriptures. This is the Bible. That God made a male and female for a reason. Uh, this, this is marriage. And there's no sexuality. There's no, there's no sexuality outside of the marriage bed between a man and a woman. It's all strictly forbidden. Somebody hear it. Don't get mad at me. This is not my opinion. This is the word of God. And I'm obligated to teach you that. Paul says the law was like being married to a husband, right? And the only way that that divorce could ever happen was one of them had to die. And so what God did is he sent his son to be the law for you. That he might die upon that cross. So that at his death, you'd be free from the law. That, that now you could marry somebody else. Well, who are you going to marry but Jesus himself? Ah, oh, somebody. Look at your name and say, I'm married to Jesus, baby. I, I'm married to Jesus. I, I, this, I, I'm, I'm married to Jesus. So Paul teaches this for us. That now you're no longer bound to the law. Now you're free to marry somebody else. Somebody say Hallelujah. 
You, you still there in Saint Matthew, uh, Saint, uh, pardon me, Romans 7? Verse 4 says, Wherefore, my brethren, you are also become dead to the law, but to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law. That being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve what? In the newness in spirit. And not in the oldness of the letter. You see, Paul understood this. Paul is speaking to those who know the law. He is speaking to his brethren, to, 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 to his fellow servants that serve the law. He's not speaking to me. He's not talking to me. And if you read this and internalize it for yourself, you're not interpreting the Bible accurately. He's not talking to you. He's talking to those who are trying to keep the law. And I'm not a law keeper. I walk in the Spirit. Jesus did not give me the law. Jesus gave me the Holy Ghost. Y'all got to hear that, baby. That's rough right there. Somebody can't even swallow that. Yeah, yeah. See, he didn't give me the law. What he gave me is the Holy Ghost. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient that I go. For if I do not go, the comfort will not come on you. But if I go, I will send him unto you. And listen, brothers and sisters, I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's what Jesus sent me. Now I walk in the Spirit. Now I'll tell you this. The Spirit will never cause me to violate the commandments. I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad boy. See, the Spirit will never cause me to violate those commandments because they are holy and they are right. Except I'm not trying to keep the law. I'm trying to walk in the Spirit. So much to do has been given over these verses over the years, and then we don't understand that the letter is not in chapters. It's a whole letter. So watch this. So, so, so I'm just going to keep reading here a, a few little things. People get all tripped up with this. Verse 22. For I delight in the law of God... After the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity, the law of sin which is in my members. Of course it's there if you try to live by the law. Now watch this. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of death? He's not talking to you. He's talking to the people who are trying to keep the Jews, the practicing uh, people who are living by the law, the people of God. And notice what he says. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Verse 25. Now it starts getting good. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I might serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Now watch. Now now, now, this is a whole continuation of a letter. There's not a chapter 8 in the original letter. It's just here for us to read. And it's broken up in parts so that we can go back and understand and dissect it. He says, therefore, pardon me, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Watch this. Who walk not after the flesh, but read it for yourself. But what? There's no more condemnation. But that condemnation has a clause. You got to walk in the spirit. Now, 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 I want you to read this with me. This is the next verse. Watch this. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, watch this, 
hath what set made me free from the law of sin and death. What, what made him free? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What made him free? The Holy Ghost made him free. It's the Holy Spirit that delivered him. It's the Holy Ghost that took him out of that bondage. Now he's living a life in the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, Holy Spirit, set me free. Oh, he says, for, the, for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Watch this. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You've been walking in the spirit lately? Listen, brothers, what, what good is it to talk about Jesus? And what good is it to profess that you believe in him and you don't know what he wants you to do? How does your belief translate in the street? How does your belief translate at home? How does your belief translate at work? How does your belief translate in your mind and in your heart? Brothers and sisters, it's got to be more than what we just say. We believe in Jesus. Listen, do you know the devil's belief? And then when they see the name Jesus, they tremble right where they are. They believe in God. They can't walk in the Spirit. Have you been walking in the Spirit lately? Do you, do you believe? L listen, I believe in Jesus. Uh, not only can he move mountains, not only can I uproot trees, not only do I operate in gifts and abilities of the Holy Ghost, but I believe in the primary teaching of the Almighty. I'm supposed to love my neighbor. And if I love my neighbor, I'm doing well. You don't think so? Read Galatians 5. Read James 2. If we leave here and we don't know what God wants us to do, how can you be led of the Holy Ghost? Uh, let, 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 me, let me read this. I, I love reading Romans 8 because Romans 8 starts breaking it down. Because now Paul starts talking seriously about what the issue is. Now, 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 now I want you to go to verse 10, Romans 8, 10. Man, this is good stuff. I haven't even got to Galatians 3. I'll get over there. Don't trust me. I'm getting back over there because there's something there I need to talk about. Something there that excites me. Now, 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 check this out. Verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Why? Why is the spirit life? Because of what? Righteousness. It's, it's, it's life because it's right doing. That means now you're doing what is right in the sight of God. This is the life you've been called to live. Yes. Yes. A, don't say you know Jesus, but you don't have the life. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I, I know Jesus, I know Jesus, but there's no life that proves that they know him. You, you, you know, the world knows that, and they ridicule us for it. That you say you know Jesus, but I don't see the life of Jesus in you. I, I, I don't see his teachings. I don't see his abilities. I don't see how he walks, how he talks, how he moves present in your life. We, we are a contradiction to the very faith that we profess. <laughs> Professing faith in Jesus means I embrace the teachings of him. And what it is I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to live. This is righteous. This is life. Somebody say hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, baby, you got something to do. Touch them back and say, you got to love me, baby. 
Look at your neighbor and say, you got to love me. I don't care what I said. You got to love me. I don't care what I did. You got to love me. Right? Touch your back and say the same back to you. It gets exciting here because this, this is, I, I love reading this part. He said, but if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is alive. Why? Because of righteousness, right doing. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Now, now you see verse 14. That's what I was trying to bring you to. Anybody see verse 14? You, you want to know if you're a child of God? Here's the proof. This is what we call a litmus test. Some of y'all know what that is if you've ever been to a pawn shop. You ever been to a pawn shop? Raise your hand if you've ever been to a pawn shop. Just like six. Oh, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know why you went to the pawn shop? Because you had something. You told, you told that brother there, said, look, look, I won't put this in. This is platinum. And then what did he say? Well, let me test that platinum. He dropped a little acid on it, turned green. He said, man, you, you, you fooled yourself. <laughs> but you ain't fooling me. Right? Anybody know what it is when they put that little, they put that acid on your gold, right? They want to make sure that it's, you tell them it's 24, but it's 10 carat, they're going to find out. You try to scratch off the little embossing inside the ring, I ain't going to fool nobody, because they're going to test it. You, you, you know how Christians are tested? You, you know how you know that you're a child of God? Because you are led by the Holy Ghost. And if you're here and you say, preacher, I don't know what that is, then brothers and sisters, there's some problems in your spiritual life. And I don't mind telling you that. You know why? Because I care enough about to tell you to say, listen, you've got to make some corrective measures. Either you're grieving the Spirit, you're quenching the Spirit, or you're not saved at all. And I'm man enough to tell you that. I'm preacher enough to look you in your face and say, listen, brother and sister, there's proof of our Christianity. How do we know we have proof of it? Because we are led by the Holy Ghost. Led by it. Now I'm here to tell you, you can't be led by anything you don't believe. I'm about to get somewhere. I'm about to show you something. This message is important, listen, because I'm talking about, I, I want to be led of the Holy Ghost. I, 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 every day I get up, I want to be led. I want to be led. I said, Holy Spirit, you can lead me anywhere. You could take me anywhere. You know why you can take me anywhere? Because I believe the whole of it. When I read the Bible, I don't let my personal experience determine what I read in the Bible. What the Bible says is true, and let every man be a liar. Because I believe that God could send me anywhere. I can be led of the Holy Ghost anywhere. Guess what? He can take me into ICU and I'll have success there. Oh, y'all hear what I just said? He can lead me into a mental hospital. I'm going to have success there. He can lead me into a broken marriage. I'm going to have success there. He can lead me among the heathen. I'm going to have success there. Why? Because I believe what God says about himself. I trust that the, what God said about himself is true. And I've already worked myself past all the little doubts and questions and things. I don't have that no more. I believe God. Without any reservation, without any category. And because I believe the Spirit can lead me. Let me show you something. He says this. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You been led lately? You been led lately? Now, now, now I want to read this. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, now, now I like this next one because uh, this is living proof, right? This is living proof. That's why I taught the message living proof. Because this verse right here, verse 16, he says this. The spirit itself beareth with us with my spirit that I'm what? A child of God. In other words, the spirit bears witness. He's the proof. I, I didn't come to that determination of myself through some intellectual ability. The spirit bore witness that I'm the son. It, it's God that comes down. The spirit of God that comes down and says, you are a child of God. You belong to the almighty. The spirit bears witness. He always bears witness to faith. So now let me get to the point. Oh, good, I got time. Because you're going to need an altar call today. I'm going to need an altar call today. What we believe determines the leading of the Spirit of God. If you leave today and you don't know that God wants you to go out into the world to love your neighbor, then you have no purpose. How can the Spirit of God lead you into something that you for yourself don't believe in? If the teachings of Jesus tell you, go out and love the world, then you have something to do. And if you go out into the world thinking, who can I love? The Spirit will lead you. The Spirit will impress you. A few days ago, I was in my car and the Spirit was talking to me. And, and, and I was in my car. Y'all listen to this. Watch. Check this out. Y'all listen. Everybody listening? Yeah, everybody listening? Don't, don't mess with your phones. Don't, 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 don't look for a mint right now. I just want you to hear this. Everybody, I'm not going to look to everybody's looking at me because you need to hear what I'm about to tell you. This, the Spirit gave me revelation. I'm going to teach you something. I noticed that when I got in my car, I have GPS, right? I, I can tell my car where I want to go. And, and the car has a map inside, and through the map, the GPS will show up. It'll actually take me where I want to go, from where I am to where I want to go. But I noticed something, that even if I put the address into my car, but I kept my foot on the brake, the lady don't talk. There's a lady in my car. First lady, I call her my girl, right? My girl tells me how to get where I'm going. But while I sit, if I keep my foot on the brake, she don't talk. There is no guidance for standing still. The Spirit sent me to tell you, you have your foot on the brake. And then you're asking him, guide you. He says, guide you to where? Where are you going? You don't have a destination. You don't know what you're doing. How can I guide you to the place with your foot on the brake? You got to take your foot off the brake. And when you put your foot on the gas, all of a sudden, okay, turn left here at the light. And as you go down, go down 300 feet, you're going to take a left. Immediately she starts talking. The Spirit of God sent me to tell you, if you get your foot off the brake, you'll start to hear his voice. He'll say, you see that person over there? I want you to go over there. This is what I want you to say. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to act. This is what I'm 
going to empower you to do. Do I got a witness out there saying, I'm going to take my foot off the brake and let the guidance of the Holy Ghost take over. You know what made Jesus so powerful? Jesus says, I don't do anything the Father doesn't do. And I don't say anything the Father doesn't say. In other words, Jesus says, my life is completely guided. And wherever God sent him, wherever he ended up, he knew he had the power of God to avail to bring glory back to Christ. Back to God. I don't know where God's going to take you. But if you leave here saying, I'm going to love people, you're going to go a lot of places. Unexpected places. He's going to put you in places you never thought you'd be. He's going to move in you like you've never seen him move before in your whole life. You're going to see the voice of God. You're going to hear the voice of God. You're going to see the work of God. You're going to see the power of God. You're going to see the gifts of God. You're going to see the availability of God. If you'll just simply take your foot off the brake and say, I'm leaving this house. And I'm going to be guided of the Holy Spirit, instructed of him to go out and love a dying world. Listen, if you do that, then you're a son. Then you're a daughter. I don't want you to leave here saying, you know, this is not what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I don't do this and I don't do that. Great. Brothers, do you know that if you live your life by rules, you're neglecting the greatest rule of all? Christianity is not self-concentration. Christianity is not you patting your chest saying, look how good I did this past week. Christianity is saying, God led me to 10 people, 15 people, 20 people. I was able to do this, speak that, help this person, save this person. This person was healed. That person was delivered. That's the work of the kingdom of heaven. That's what it means to be guided of the Holy Ghost. And I got news for you. The Spirit of God said, take your foot off the brake. And you're going to hear my voice. Just take your foot off the brake. Say, Holy Spirit, you know what? No more reservations. I'm not living my life for me anymore. I'm living it for Jesus. Whatever I have belongs to you, I'll gladly give it away. Whatever whatever I have in my pockets, whatever you've you've put in my possession belongs to you. You can can give it anywhere. You You can pour it out anywhere you like. That's the proof that you know God. Listen, think about this last week. Did you impact anybody besides yourself? Think think about what I'm saying. This is the litmus test of the kingdom. Did you impact anybody for Jesus apart from yourself? Or is your life just so self-contained? You go to work, you come back home, you know, you hit the garage door button, you go in and close down, nobody even knows you're home. Let's say catch that little 30 seconds of you coming in and out. Talking to your neighbors, being visible, sharing the love of God, talking to people about what God can do. When you walk past somebody and you see somebody injured, somebody needing help, doesn't the love of God stir up in you? Doesn't the plight of people or the hurt of people cause you to be aroused in your faith? Brothers and sisters, listen, we've got to get real with what we're doing. Listen, the guidance of the Holy Spirit only comes to those who understand the principle. I'm here to impact the world. Look at your name and say, don't get mad at pastor. 
You want to get mad at anybody, get mad at the Holy Ghost. I'm teaching you the word. Okay, now let me start preaching. Galatians 3, go back. I want, I want to say something to you. It may take a little while, but sometimes it takes a little while to get it. L -l -l Listen, how, how, how many people here today will say, can we start here? What happens here, this is only as rich as what happens here. Let me say that one more time. What happens here is only as rich as what happens here. That's why Jesus said, Right? That, that, that the context, the first, the second is likened unto it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. So if you didn't think about your neighbor all week, and I'm not just talking about the person next to you, next door. Granted, if you haven't talked to them, go knock on the door this evening. Introduce yourself. Tell them who you are. Right? But, but you know, the neighbor can be anybody. You're going to meet one as soon as you leave church when you go sit down at the restaurant. You, you, you ever seen somebody at a restaurant eating by themselves? Pick up their bill. And then, and then, and then, and then but don't do it secretly. I, I, you know, sometimes I tell people, don't give a cup of cold water and not tell them where it came from. Jesus said, if you give a cold a cup of water in my name, I don't want you, if I gave a cup of cold water to somebody, to think, well, he must be a nice guy. No, I'm really not a nice guy. If you really knew me, you'd find out I'm really not a nice guy. But there's something inside of me that's super nice. <laughs> Somebody lives in me that told me to came, come and give you that cup of cold water. I'm not trying to build a name for myself. I'm trying to build a name for God. Right? What I do, I do in the name. And so sometimes I'll, I'll treat them. Yes, first lady. I'll see somebody else. i tell the waitress, hey, that person over there, uh, give the ticket to me. And if they want to know who it is, just point me out, that guy right there in them white pants. That cool-looking brother with that bow tie, that's the cat right there. That's the brother that did it. They come and say, sir, I want to thank you. I said, you don't have to thank me. The Lord told me to get that meal for you. Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. I tell the story. First lady was there. I was at Walmart. And we're checking out some stuff, and I see a kid right there, a kid. He, he had, a, he had a, a, little, a, a little bag of a great value oatmeal, glazed oatmeal cookies. You know the little white glazed? How many know what those are, right? They're $1.25. You get like 50 of them, man. You, you dip them in milk. They're really good, right? And so he just said, he has a bag of cookies. I said, man, are you buying some cookies? Is that all you want? That's all I want. I said, put them on. I'm getting them for you. He says, what? $1.25. Come on, somebody. I said, no, man, let me get your cookies, man. Put them down, man. Let me, let me help you out. What's your name, man? Gave each other, you know, hugged a little bit. Started talking. Guess what we started talking about? Jesus. For $1.25. $1. Because I had love in my heart towards somebody to buy him some cookies. Brothers, do you know how many opportunities we miss because we don't understand the commission? Because we don't have a love for somebody that we can see that they need help. How amazing that is. You're not in charge of how it's, you know, what they do with the information or how they understood it. But you're in charge of showing that love and showing that Jesus is here and Jesus loves you. And your life can be changed if you give your life over to Christ. Ah. I love this stuff, man. Listen, can I share something with you? How, how, uh, let me just, let me see. 
Okay, I'm going to do this in five minutes, so hold, hold on. Hold on. Put your seatbelt on. I, I, I love, I, I'm a child of Abraham. I'm a son of Abraham. Because everything I want to do, I want to do by faith. Did you hear what I said? Everything in my mind is regulated by faith. If you're sick, I think healing. I don't think hospital. Y'all don't hear what I just said? Uh, when I have a pain, I don't think anison. I think anointing. Oh, man, I wish somebody would hear me. You, you, you see, everything I do, brother, Shane, it's by faith. I don't have any other way to think. And if you come to me and you say, Pastor, the doctor said, the attorney said, I'm going to say, have you prayed about it? Did you tell God about it? Did you trust God? Because that's all the thing I can, that's all I can give you. Now, if you want to go get help, if you need an attorney, if you want to find a PPO, a good HMO, you can go do that. You can do that by yourself. That's not me. I'm going to teach you faith. And you know what I always tell you when you send me a text? What I always tell you? God is faithful. Anybody that's ever texted with me, if you ever communicate with me, what I always tell you, God is faithful. 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 That's all I know. I'm a man of faith. That's all I practice. I want to practice faith. I don't want to think disease and I don't want to think remedy. I want to think God. When I think of impossibility, who would I think of? God. When you tell me your plight, your problem, your trouble, who do I think? God. Isn't that what I'm here for? Isn't that what a good shepherd does, right? A good shepherd always points you back to God. I want to point you back to faith. What did Jesus say? Have faith in God. What is he saying? Have faith in his character. What he says he's going to do. Pastor Josh, you back there, right? I'm going to pick you because you're in the back of the room. People are going to hear you. Can you go to Habakkuk chapter 2? For therein is the righteousness of God. Listen to it. Listen. For therein is the righteousness of who? Of God. Not yours. Listen. For therein is the righteousness of, of who? Of God revealed. How? By, from faith to faith. Oh, I love these conversations. I love these conversations. Pastor Josh, just read Habakkuk 2 because I want you to get down to where this, this is actually a quote. The Bible says, for therein, this is a quote from, this is uh, Romans. Let me just kind of work down the verses. This is Romans, like maybe verse 17, 17, 18, so right there, right in there. I'm looking at it in my, in my mind, right? Okay, there it is, Romans. It's going to be towards the, towards the end of Romans 1. It says, for therein is a righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. For as it is written, the just shall live by faith. It's the quote from Habakkuk 2, 4. So, Pastor Josh, are you in Habakkuk 2? Sure. I want you to read Habakkuk 2, 1. I want you to hear. You, you'll all recognize these verses. Watch this. Immediately you'll hear and recognize the verse of Habakkuk 2. So Habakkuk, uh, Habakkuk is crying out to God because the nation of Israel is being oppressed by its enemies. And they're being overtaken and they're being subdued and they want to know, where are you, God? You ever, you ever said that to God, where are you? Uh, listen, I don't mind you asking that question if you find out where he is. I, I don't mind the question if you find out exactly where God is. Because guess where is he? He's in you. Know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. 
That God will never leave you nor forsake you so that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Somebody say hallelujah. I don't go searching around for God. He's right here with me. I walk with God. He lives on the inside. Y'all caught that, right? So Habakkuk says, Habakkuk, is on, the only remedy he has is to be watchful. Anybody ever read Habakkuk? You, you got to read that book. Awesome book. So Pastor Josh, Habakkuk 2, you can read it verses 1 through 4. Read that for me real quick. Here we go. Right? And what I shall answer when I am reproved. Mm. Verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain upon, upon the tables. That he may run that readeth it. Verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. when God tarries, your faith says, wait. God's going to be faithful. Your faith says, I'm healed, even though you're still limping. No, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm bona fide healed. I'm 100% healed. Well, why are you limping? No, it's coming. I'm healed. I'm already healed. I just haven't got to Tuesday yet when the power comes or when when I get my breakthrough. I know what that is, to declare something when you don't possess it. And just say, I know that God is faithful to himself. He's not going to speak something and renege on his word. God is faithful to what he says. Listen, this is a life of faith. This is how we walk righteously before God. This is right living. This is righteousness in God. It's revealed from faith to faith. This is the faith that Abraham had, that God called him out of Ur of Chaldees to, to, to begin in him a new covenant, a brand new blessing. Well, how is a blessing going to get here? By faith. By faith. Your blessings come because of faith. Somebody say faith. Faith doesn't, blessings don't come because you're walking in the law. Miracles don't happen because you're quoting the Ten Commandments. Miracles happen because you believe in God and you have faith in his word. This is how we become the sons of Abraham. I've said this since I started ministry at Harvest Point Church. When we were Harvest Temple. How many remember Harvest Temple? I've been teaching you this forever. You're a son and daughter of Abraham. You know why you're a son? So the blessing can come to you. You ever read the blessing of Abraham? You got to read it. Genesis 12. I still believe in the blessings of Abraham and they're true to me. Uh, I'm justified because of faith. Let, 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 me, let me read this last one. I'll just read this because this is so important. Let me just read this because next Sunday something marvelous is going to happen. It says, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. Did you hear what I just said? You are not justified by keeping the Ten Commandments. So just, I, I, would, I would encourage you to stop that. Put 
put, 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 put that aside. So I'm going to walk in the spirit to keep the commandments. You got to hear the distinction. Because if you, like Paul, try to keep the commandments, you're going to be wretched. And you're going to be miserable. And you're going to be sinful. The second you try to do good in yourself, you're going to find out there's no good in you to do that good. And probably the only reason why you're doing good is you want people to know you. There's a lot of people like that, you know, they're trying to do good at your job. All they want to do is just, just to be that person and get some favoritism. So that whenever they need a problem, they have some issue, you're going to be there to come run to their help. Oh, I'm talking. As no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Oh, how dangerous. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Genesis 27, 12 curses being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now I want you to hear this. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive, listen, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's marvelous. How marvelous that is. That you might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Okay, uh, church, I'm going to ask you to stand just for a moment, but be reverent. Don't move. Sometimes when I ask people to stand, they leave. I don't want you to do that. I want you to stand, but I still want you to listen. Because what I'm about to say to you is so important. I want you to hear this, right? I want you to hear this. Don't move. Everybody stay as quiet as you can. I want to say something to you. It's vital that you hear what I'm about to say. It's vital that you hear this. This, this what I'm about to share with you is, is critical in your growth and in your, in, in your revelation in God. So I, I, want, you to, I want you to think this, that, that you by faith, and I'm going to say the spirit of God that stirred faith in you, the Bible says, and you have to quicken and made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, I want you to recognize that it was the Holy Ghost who quickened you. So before your confession and faith, and we learned this last week in the introduction of the Holy Spirit, is that the Holy Ghost introduces everything. He's the first of it all. Long, long before you, they even knew the person Jesus, he was formed by overshadowing Mary. And the Holy Ghost shall overshadow you. Actually, the Archangel Gabriel says, the highest shall overshadow you. Ah. That's how that baby Jesus was birthed in her womb. The Holy Spirit is before everything. L listen, you want to walk right before God, you're going to need the Holy Ghost. Let me say that one more time. If you want to walk right, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. Oh, how beautiful. If, if you're going to walk right, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. Now, now what I want you to do is next Sunday, I'm, I'm going to be praying not just the life. Listen, if you believe in Jesus, 
the Holy Spirit is in you. He dwells in you. He's, he's, uh, he's the life that's in you. I just want you to know th- that if you believe on Christ, the Spirit of God lives in you. I don't want you to think anything other than that. Listen, if you believe in Jesus, it's the Spirit of God who brought you to that belief. He's the one that stirred. He's the one that worked. He's the one that that brought your mind and your understanding back to Him, back to God, back to Jesus. But it doesn't mean that you're sealed in the Holy Ghost. The Bible plainly teaches that the, the, the call of Apostle Paul all throughout the book of Acts beginning in Acts 2 where Jesus said listen the Bible says that Jesus breathed on his disciples and he told them receive ye the Holy Ghost some Bible moderators and translators say that Jesus literally came and breathed into the mouth of each disciple I don't know if that's true or not but what I know is true is that he breathed on them and what did he tell them receive ye the Holy Spirit and brothers and sisters I'm here to tell you that the moment that they believed the Spirit of God had already begun His work, had already been stirring in them. He was already alive and active in the world. But the Bible says that Jesus told His disciples, tarry ye here in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. Right? There is, there is the infilling of the Holy Spirit and there is what I call the overflow of the Holy Ghost. What we uh, and back in the days used to call the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But, I, but, I, but I, want, I want you to hear Jesus see, say these words and I want you to be prayerful because next Sunday if you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost there are going to be I'm praying <laughs> there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like never before in this house next Sunday because people are going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost now, now, now I want you to hear this this is Jesus, this is Luke 11 Jesus is, and I say unto you watch this, ask and it shall be given seek and ye shall find knock and the door shall be opened unto you for everyone that seeketh findeth and everyone that asketh and him that seeketh part of findeth to him that part of me to everyone that asketh receiveth and to him that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened now watch this if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks an egg, will he offer him a serpent? In other words, if you're here today and you say, I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. God's going to give you the Holy Ghost. He's not going to give you a devil. He's not going to give you a demonic spirit. He's going to give you the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask of Him? This past week, uh, I, was, I was on Facebook and, and I saw Max Licato. Uh, Max Licato is a, a, a very prominent, at least in my generation, a very prominent book writer who... who uh, well, quite frankly, comes out of the Baptist church. And, and a few weeks ago, he got into his prayer closet. He gives his testimony. This just happened to Max Lucado. If you don't know who Max Lucado is, go to the bookstore and say, Where? take me to Max Lucado. And there, he's probably got volumes of books there, Christian books. And he said that he got into his prayer closet and he said to the Father, Father, 
if there is truly the gift of the Holy Ghost, a, a, a real baptism, the way that John the Baptist said, that one's coming mightier than I, whose latchet of his shoe I'm unworthy to untie. I indeed baptize you in water, but he that cometh after me shall baptize you in the Holy Ghost and in fire. And he said, he got into his prayer clause and he said, if there really is a baptism, I want it. And if that baptism means I speak another tongue, so be it. And the Bible says he pressed into that prayer closet and he says for two weeks he asked and he said on that 12th day with his hands lifted up to heaven, he said he felt the Holy Ghost come on him. Right? Because this is an immersion. Not from below. You know, water baptism is a, a below baptism. The Holy Ghost baptism is above baptism. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. This is very critical in Christendom that I go down into the water to be baptized in water, but I literally go up to be baptized in the Spirit. Uh, wow. Just be patient with me for a minute. Be patient with me for a minute. Be patient for me for a minute. Be patient with me for a minute. Be patient with me just for a minute. Be patient. So I want you to hear this, that that baptism comes from above, right? We go down to be baptized in water. We go up to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear that because that's important. I want you to see where the baptism is coming from. It's coming from above. It's an above baptism. In the Bible, Jesus is telling you that if you ask the Father for the Holy Ghost, He'll give them to you. The Bible says Max Lucado with his hands lifted on that 12th day, he said the Spirit of God came upon him. And he says he began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave him utterance. And he testified of that at the risk of his own relationship with, it, with, with, with those that share similar faith. Uh, he shared that testimony publicly that he had been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I say that to the church this morning, that I wish that all of you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. J just as Moses said, I pray that all be prophets. I pray that all of you be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We need that gift. We need that working. We need that speaking. For the Spirit gives utterance, right? We wait until we be endued with power. What power? Why do we need power? To go out to be a witness unto Christ. 
unto Judea and Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the world. We need that power to affect for God. We need that power to affect for God. And I want you to lift your hands right now in the sanctuary. I want you to lift your hands right now in the sanctuary. And I just want you to tell him, Holy Spirit, I want to be guided, be led by you. You're the living proof of my very salvation, of my faith. You're the living proof of that. I want, I want, to, I want to be a man. I want to be a woman of faith. I want to respond to the needs of others by faith. I want to love by faith. Oh, somebody's got to lay hold of that. I want to be a lover of souls by faith. I want to be a lover of, a lover of souls by faith. Oh, Father. Father, Father, Father. We have to do in the kingdom. Will you affirm that you have to do in the kingdom? Will you affirm that right now? Will you say, I have something to do in the kingdom? Uh, I, 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 through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my mind. And I'm going to love my neighbor just as I love myself. I'm going to be a lover of souls, lover of people. I'm going to go out and demonstrate that love. That's, that's my commission. That's my calling. That's what I'm to do. I'm to go out and love. I'm going to go out and, and manifest Christ. I don't know what I'm going to run into. Let me pray with you now. Come on, I want to pray with you. I don't know what I'm going to run into. I, I might ask how a person's doing. They might say, well, you know what? The doctor gave me a bad report. Just know you're there for a reason. Because God has a good report. Uh, you, you, you might hear that person say, well, you know, I, 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 my marriage is suffering. A, a child is with an addiction I, I've got a problem at work I've got this I've got that just know that the spirit is going to lead you and guide you he's going to give you the words to say to minister to that situation to minister to that need he's going to use your hands to administer the power of God and the kingdom of God because you are sent of the Lord you are led of the spirit brothers and sisters I, I, I pray today that, that you, you live for the opportunity to be used of the Holy Ghost that way. I, I pray today that you understand that you be led of the Spirit to that person at work to say something, to, to reveal something, to speak something. I pray that be your cause. Today if you say, preacher, today I want to be, be a person who is led of the Spirit. I want you to, to, to leave your seat and come to the altar. Just leave your seat and come to the altar. Just leave your seat and come to the altar. Say, I want to be led. I want to be a man or woman that's led of the Holy Ghost. Come on, this is paramount. This, this, is, this is Christian life. This is Christian life. I want you to know that as you come, you're revealing yourselves to be children of faith. I, I, I want you to obey the word. I want you to live by the word. I want you to walk under its counsel. For all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All of it. Even Jesus' words are inspired of the Holy Ghost. They're in red to show you that it's he talking, but it's not really he talking because he told you who was talking. These are all words, right? That are, the Holy Ghost is the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning, that's the Holy Ghost. Your first step is in the Holy Spirit. 
Your walk is in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just, I just want you to lift your hand. I want you to affirm that you're a child of Abraham. Just, just affirm it. I read it to you. We read it plainly. That you are a child of Abraham. You are a, you're going to walk by faith. I want you to, I pray that you choose that. I pray nobody here is choosing to walk in the law. I, I, I hope that enough of your Christianity has given evidence that we no longer walk in the law. We walk in the spirit. So I want you just to say, you know, today, uh, preacher, I want to walk in this. I want to be led of the Holy Ghost. I want to be led. 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 Listen, wherever he leads you, just know that wherever He takes you, wherever you're led of the Spirit of God, you're going to have the evidence of His ability to show forth just who He is. Now, 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 now listen. The Bible says, How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He will glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. In other words, it's going to be a direct manifestation of his ability in your life through his guidance. I want you to believe that wherever you are, God is. Come on, sons of Abraham, daughters of Abraham. Come on, walk with me. That wherever you are, God is. And his ability is with you. His strength is with you. That you don't have to search for God. God is in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. And because he dwells in you, the ability of God is, is at the very tip of your tongue. Be patient as we kind of flesh this out because this is important. This message is leading up to a monumental message that's going to be preached on Sunday. Now hear this. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not, say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But watch what it says. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The faith by which man believes. The faith by which man declares salvation. Which is more than just the forgiveness of your sins. But in totality, all of the goodness of God revealed. I want you to say, God, send me. I'm there for a purpose. I'm there for a reason. 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 Because you're going to walk out of here today and the Spirit of God is going to talk to you. And I don't want you to be filled with trepidation. I don't want you to be filled with worry. Well, preacher, if I go over there and 
what happens if they got a problem or a thing or a situation that I can't handle? I'm going to say, well, they probably will have something you can't handle. But I know God can. So let me read this. Let me give a little bit of interpretation that's necessary today. I'm hearing, I'm hearing, I'm listening. Jesus said this, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So I want you to hear that, brothers and sisters, that the Spirit is in you to do the work. He says, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. And Jesus, I believe it, because everywhere you went, you were doing the work of the kingdom. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. Listen to this. And greater works than, he, than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Will you by faith hear that? That's coming not only by the word but by interpretation. Will you receive that today? Will you receive that today? Lift your hand and say, I'm a daughter of Abraham. I'm a son of Abraham. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm not going to walk by do's and don'ts. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to be led of the Spirit to love God and to love others. Holy Spirit, send us out. Send us from here, wherever we're going, back home. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, maybe at a restaurant today. Uh, send, send me to work tomorrow with, with love on my mind. That, that, that I'm there to show that love on your behalf. That you might guide me to that one person. That you might stir me tomorrow at work to go and share a word or, or demonstrate a kindness. Hey, brothers, just listen, don't worry. You might say, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't have a lot of extra money. Listen, how many know you can give a hug to somebody and embrace them and say, hey, I just want you to know I love you. There's some things money can't buy. Come on. And the Lord might send you out just to, just to be an embrace, to be a kiss on the cheek, uh, to, to be a pat on the back, um, maybe a word to encourage somebody. God's going to send me. That, that's the work, right? Now, I profess the faith in Christ, brothers and sisters, but if my faith doesn't translate into my doing, then what good is my faith if it doesn't have any work? What good is if I see my brother destitute, naked, afflicted, hungry? And all I do is I pray and I say, pray, be warm and filled. Notwithstanding that I give him those things that are needful for the body. How has my faith saved me? James teaches that quite plainly. I want to I be a conduit of that love to every person I encounter. Every person. Great or small, young or old, <laughs> I, want to, I, want to be, I want to be a lover of souls. Yeah, just a lover of people. You say, well, preacher, what happens if somebody hurts me? Don't worry, count it as suffering. 
Jesus said, for you've not been given a spirit of fear and of bondage, but you've been given a spirit of adoption whereby we cry out of Father. Watch this. And the Spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. And if children, then heirs of God, join heirs of Christ. If so be that we suffer with them, that we might also be glorified together with them. You see, even in your suffering, God is glorified. Yeah, people are going to take advantage of you, and rightly so. They took advantage of Jesus. 2,023 years ago, my Jesus was heralded as king. They laid out palm branches. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! Which is a direct reference to his messiahship, to his kingship. It didn't take long before that same crowd crowd was crying out Barabbas give us Barabbas Jesus Jesus went to the cross without any ill effect the Bible says there was no guile found came by and, 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 and insulted him and paraded around him in his nakedness what did Jesus say father forgive them for they know not what they do brother and sister listen we're going to suffer you know why we suffer because we're vulnerable in our, in our loveliness <laughs> Oh, thank you, Father. This is a good message. Are y'all pressing into that? Send me out as a lover. Send me out as a lover. Send me out to love others. Send me out. Send me out. The Bible says, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Listen, go out and love. Are you affirming that right now? Are you tapping your chest Say, I'm a son of Abraham, I'm a daughter of Abraham, I'm a man of faith, I'm a woman of faith. I'm going to go out, I'm commissioned into the world. To show his love, his kindness, his forbearance, his strength, his abilities, his mercies, his kindness, his goodness, his graces. Yeah. Here I am, Lord. Come on, everybody, lift your hands. Let me just finish this prayer. Father, here we are. Will you lift your hands and say, Father, here I am. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am. I want to do righteously. I want the righteousness of God revealed in my life. I want to live righteously. I want to walk righteously. I want to talk righteously. I want to be moved and gripped by the commandment. Jesus said, this new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. Even as I have loved you.